And welcome back to JM Radio, everybody. My name's Jeremy Siegel, alongside my co-host, Mike. Hello. What's up, Siegel? Always love that little delay. Uh, nothing much, Mike. <laughs> What's up with you? Nothing. Um. Okay, let's just get into no, it. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, I had a few things to talk about. Oh, okay. I was gonna, uh, do we want to do the baseball talk, like, again at the end, or at all, or now? Because boy, do we have. Talk. I mean, you don't have. You said you haven't been paying attention, but boy, do we actually. Yeah, but I. Because the I trade deadline happens. Yeah. Yeah, we can do the baseball talk. Uh, let's do it at the end again. Okay. Because people can tune out if they want to. <laughs> Give them the option yeah. to. Yeah, the, the, the podcast that I, I got this from, I mentioned. They do. It's a Mets podcast, and they do wrestling talk at the end. And, like, I don't really listen to the wrestling part, but. Yeah, but the I wrestling guess. part's the best. I can talk about wrestling. Let's talk about wrestling. You know wrestling? I've heard oh, that like yeah. stuff is happening. Like the WWE is like losing to AEW now or something. WWE sucks. AEW is where it's at. Watch Dynamite and Rampage on Wednesdays and Fridays on TNT Network. That's Not what a sponsor. The shows are called Dynamite. Yeah, Dynamite. Rampage. Yeah. I don't know if I can get the hang of that. Yeah, they're not SmackDown and Raw, which they've been for like 30 years for WWE, but, you know, times change. Anyway, I mean, I'm not going to fight you on that. My dad doesn't work there anymore, so that's fine. Sad times. Yeah. No longer. I'm sure he'd agree with you, too, if you asked him that AEW is better. I mean, yeah. I could talk about wrestling, but we don't have to. What else? Um, I saw the Suicide Squad, and then, like, maybe my expectations were low, but wow, it was actually really good. You see it? Oh, really? Yeah. No, I, I, I should see, because it's on HBO Max. I forget, I forgot that, that you can watch it at home. So, maybe tonight I'll watch it. Have you seen Depending anything how... lately? Uh, yeah, I saw a lot of shit, but it's all old shit. Uh, I Am Sam... God, there were a bunch of other ones that I've I've been watching movies like crazy lately. But the, the really? Suicide Squad. Why didn't you tell me? I don't know. I watched all the Lord of the Rings. Like and you haven't seen in, them before? No, I never seen them before. Yeah, that's absolute fire. Turn of the King yeah, they're is like maybe great. my favorite movie ever. I think the first one is the best. It, where where it lacks is the CGI. It it has been dated now. Uh, there are scenes that you can tell, like, oh god, like, ooh, that's janky looking. But you get past it because it's still a really good story. And Frodo's a bitch. I love Sam. I hate Frodo. Um, I mean, I don't uh, know. To me, it do- it does a good job at like portraying how traumatic that would be. No, I think I think it shows how Frodo's a fucking bitch, and Sam is the real hero of the story, and he gets no fucking credit for all the shit he puts up with. Like, Frodo's just like, fuck you, go away. And Sam's like, no, I will never leave your side. And he saves his ass, like, five different times throughout the story. And Frodo's always like, oh, I was a bad friend. He's certainly kind of like the unlikely, like, bumbling hero, which is kind of fun. Uh, yeah, I've seen I Am Sam. The Father was a really good movie that I saw. Oh, wait, why have I heard of that? Uh, it's Anthony Hopkins won the Oscar for it over Chadwick Boseman this year at the Oscars, and everyone oh. was, like, pissed. Um, oh, but it's still okay. a really good movie. Did you get um, to see Pig? The... No, I haven't seen that. I heard that was a... I know it's a great movie. It was... Nicolas yeah. Cage. The best actor of all time, Nicolas Cage, is in it. You're People a big Mandy away. fan, right? Yeah, I think we used to talk about Mandy a lot. Yeah, Mandy's a great movie. That... Um, off my lights. Nice. Uh, the wrestler I saw, ironically, oh, recently. That's a tough one. Really? I mean, I thought it was kind of like it's gonna. It's like it's like watching Food Inc. and then uh, fucking not wanting to eat meat again. You know, you watch the wrestler and then you don't want to watch wrestling anymore. Uh, I think it shows a. Uh, the problem I mean, with a lot of like celebrity is like they when they get old and kind of not in the limelight anymore. There's a scene that really kind of stuck with me is when they're at the table signing 
and he's just looking around at all these beat beaten up, battered, older wrestlers, and he's there, and he used to be this mega star. Like I think they based him off Hulk Hogan. Um, and he just looks around. It's like like thirty dollars for a photo. It's just like so depressing. Yeah, well, I think I think it's different for wrestlers because you have you have that draw that you want to keep going back to wrestling, but at the same time, it's like physically killing you. And you you can't like talk yourself out of not going back to it, you know. Well, that's why Batista was like, "I'm done. I'm officially just fucking done with wrestling." And now he's an actor. He's never going back. He says. Yeah, I mean, John Cena is like, "Here's seventy million dollars. <laughs> like, come back." At what point is Vince McMahon just going to start paying off all the people to come back to WWE? Like right before he dies or something, just to have like one last hurrah, one last fuck you to everybody else. Yeah, just fuck AEW. We're bringing everybody back. Wow, that was a great uh, Nicholas Cage as Vince McMahon. Apparently. You're fired. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's we, a, that's we, we talked baseball for a while. Let's talk about music. Let's talk about the thing you're all really here for. It's the man impressions, brother. That's You're fired. Um, it's like Nixon almost. That's not really good. Uh, so <laughs> jump into it. Week twenty nine, the greatest drive through in the city. I, uh, I, I wanted to add somewhere city. I realized, or just something about somewhere city, but I didn't, and I regret that because How there's two. This is a this is a big origami angel song. I I get to explain what somewhere city means. Okay, well, I cannot wait, because I did not look into it at all. <laughs> um, do you have any shout-outs first? Oh, do I have shout-outs? Oh. Um, I said that I put the greatest is really good. Um, it's not like the kind of song I usually like, but I like old-time baseball stuff, and this is like that. And Old-time baseball stuff is one of the only old-time stuff that I like. Um... Doc Good and the Mountain Goat song I don't like as much. I just recommended it because it was a baseball thing. I was kind of like, I don't. I felt like it never really went anywhere fun or good. Um, I made a comment about Bug Hunter having a nice, unique voice. Um, Sons and Daughters by the Decemberists. Uh, Falco commented on our post saying that this is the best song on the playlist, like by far. Um, I like maybe almost agree with him. Um, maybe from like a technical standpoint, uh, the song feels like like every season combined. It's on, or every season like all the nice parts of every season at different times. I listen to it like fall some like a lot of the times, but like summer and spring sometimes. It's just it's homely in that way. Uh, Stumbling in is a my dad disco song, and it makes me feel really comfy. And... Do, you, do you know who made that song? I think I fucked up. No, it says it says Chris Newman or something, but on the album art it says Smokies. So I thought the band was called Smokies. Let me look. Good thing Spotify is not loading anything. Well, in Spotify it says Chris Newman, but I think he was the band leader of the band Smokies. I have no idea. This one may, this one may be be cut. I'm just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call my dad in to settle this. Let's call your dad and talk about WWE. Um. That'll be fun. Well, yeah, Chris Norman and Susie Quattro. That sounds familiar. I might have fucked up. I thought it's the band was named Nor Smokies. Sorry, everybody, if you were wondering. Those are your shout-outs. Okay. Cool. Uh, I said the greatest is like the quintessential baseball song, I think. Where it just it sets the scene of like the perfect little kid moment where you're like imagining yourself like two outs, bottom in the ninth, backyard, swinging a baseball bat, and you're like you hit the ball. Sometimes you don't. Uh, and also, I agree with you on the fact that it's like not a genre. I'm not like oh Kenny Rogers. I'm it, other than the pitcher Kenny Rogers. I don't care about the music that much. Um, and they are two different people. Uh. Decemberists, it sounds like a Scrubs song, but it's not in Scrubs. Ah, it's I like, can see it in Scrubs. It's like a 2000s vibe. 
like early 2000s, like a, a Five for Fighting. Sounds like that band or uh, time to Matt put money Nathan's in the in. in the Siegel set five jar. What? <laughs> I said time to put a quarter in the Siegel set vibe jar. Oh yeah, I remember the beginning of this podcast where I was like, I hate that fucking word. Now I'm just like <laughs> accepting it as like yeah. whatever, just a word in my dictionary. It sucks. Uh, yeah, you drive off to in the sunset at the end of a movie kind of song. It just it feels like a background song in some. 2000s TV show. Uh, I want to do drugs with you. That was not a statement. That's the name of the other song by The Sun Machine, uh, an Austin-based group with the most straight out of the 1970s psychedelic drug-laden sound I've heard in modern music. Um, this does have a weird cutoff at the end. If you listen to it fully through, it does just randomly cut. And I thought it was my car like glitching. No, the song just does end. Randomly, I guess they just knocked out <laughs> or something. Uh, but amazing harmonies, and they posted us on their story. So a big shout out to them. They're an Austin-based b- band. Got to support the locals. Um, and they they have a lot of other Siegel. great music. Yeah, come hang out with me, not the other way around. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to see them live. Honestly, uh, they're playing downtown at some point. I'll probably head down there to see them. Like, you put you. us on your story. What? Speaking of which, I sent you um, that tour thing a while ago. Origami Angel is going to be playing with uh, Mom Jeans in Austin at some point. You should go to that. Yeah, I think I tried to get, or I I have it up on like my browser to look at. I don't know. Depends where we're at in the world. <laughs> Whenever that tour comes around here. Um, also to get to know my birthday, which is like, I don't know. Uh, I did a bad. Oh, the other song I want to like briefly talk about is just the Indian Reservation by Paul Revere and the Raiders because this is a song that would not fly today in like cancel culture. Uh, it's a group of it's a band that consists of people dressed up as like colonial soldiers talking about the Indian reservations that the Indians were sent specifically the Cherokee people. It's just hilarious that we've kind of derived this sound to, like, a people. <laughs> like, it's just like, this is what Indians people sound like, meaning Native Americans. Even this, technically the term is wrong in the name, but it's a 1960s song, so it was funny back then. It's just funny how far yeah. we've come. It's just funny. And this is what Indian music sounds like, and that's what drug music sounds like. I want to do drugs with you. Drug music. Anyway, drug music. Hi, people. Uh, that's all my shout-outs, though. Do you want to get into your longer notes? Sure. I have just the two Origami Angel songs that I have longer notes on. Um, okay. So I have the title track um, from Origami Angel. When I talked about trying to wind out the whole album a while back when I first talked about Origami Angel meeting, um, like meeting-wise, this is like one of the songs I had in mind. Um, this song, like the title track, implying that it's like talking about the main concept of the album, Somewhere City itself, whatever Summer City is about to tell you. Um, via the like the Bandcamp page, it says this: When you arrive in Somewhere City, you're bound to notice a few things. There's a drive-through window open all hours of the night, and Dr Pepper runneth over in all its water cups. A nearby amusement park is busiest on Sunday. That's when visitors get the most thrilled. There's Danny Phantom playing from an infinite Nicktoons feed. It's a place governed by caffeine, internal youth, and the promise of escape. You're not going to be the same once you leave. Um, So this song kind of sees like the narrator talking to a distraught, broken person suggesting they go to Somewhere City. Um, But later it clarifies regarding uh, Somewhere City that like, quote, the secret that it's in your brain. So basically like this concept of Summer City is made up. Um, and it's like a manifestation of all your favorite childhood things that you kind of bring yourself to. Um, assuming it's different for everybody. Uh, Ryland and Patrick from Origami Angels seem to like playing Pokemon to keep themselves in Summer City in their brains. And I don't I know, like, I do too in other ways. Um, I love that line at the end. I know that you won't be the same. Once you see how the sun hits the water at six in the morning on every single day, 
um, they say it a lot quicker in the song, which is nicer. It makes me think that, like, it also makes me think that, like, Somewhere City is, like, a feeling, um, how it almost seems like it's not, like, a, what they describe in that line is not a Somewhere City exclusive feeling, or, like, it kind of transcends, or, like, by nature, it's transcendent, if that makes any sense. Uh, maybe I'm looking too much into it. Like, I, from what I know about Ryland and Patrick, they kind of just, like, have their interests, and then they made up this idea of a kid city or whatever, but there's a little connection for it. It seems really nice and profound, and yeah. Siegel, do you like this one? Do you have anything? Yeah, I do. I, no, I, I do like all these <clears throat> uh, origami angel or the gami gang, whatever they go by now. Um, it's really good. I, I'm interested, though, if you had a somewhere city, what cartoon would you be playing on loop? I don't um, think you're a Danny Phantom, dude. No, but Danny Phantom was probably good. I don't really remember if Danny Phantom holds up or not. What cartoon would I be playing on loop? Maybe just like SpongeBob? I don't know. What about you? Okay. Oh, God. Um, I mean, if it's a comfort thing, it probably wouldn't be a cartoon. Um, it'd probably be like Quantum Leap or something. Really? I love that show. And it's it's like, just like a comfort show for me. The best or like, uh, oh, vibes of your childhood. If well, it's, it wasn't from my childhood. I was older. Okay, if it's a childhood thing, it's Futurama. So I okay. grew up like loving Futurama, and if it has to be like a cartoon. I and Simpsons is great too, but Futurama's I think more is better. Um, they have adult themes in there too. Yeah, I don't know. I just it's interesting to think about that. What. What would bring you back to your childhood, bro? Uh, nostalgia plays and Gami Gang or Origami Angel, sorry, knows how to pull at the strings of that. Very well, they well. know. I mean, I don't know. This, this Gen and Z is, you know, we like to make fun of the old people for saying, you know, back in my day, we used to whatever the fuck, but damn, Gen Z is just as nostalgic, if not more. Like, holy shit. Yeah, Gen Z, I think, is even more nostalgic, honestly. Yeah. We, because we live in such a strife-filled time, we want to feel comfort more. Like, we've... Whatever the other generations want to say they've gone through, I think Gen Z has had it pretty fucking bad. And I think Gen Alpha is going to have it even worse. Well, also, they kind of... They set up, like, a messed-up planet for us. Thanks, guys. Yeah, they've given up... Well, but, like, even, like... 97 98 respectively we're we're like beginner gen zers we're the very tip of the iceberg gen zers and we like grew up in a world post 9 11 which i think that just sets the bar for our like my parents tell me tales of like going to an airport and walking your fiance or your wife to the gate and i'm like what is that like <laughs> like yeah. we live in a very different time um we live in a stressful time, so we're like, we always kind of want to go back to a comfort, so I think nostalgic plays a very big role in our society now, which I'm okay with, because I love to feel that feeling, too. But yes, great explanation. like this song. Sorry for the rant. Uh, uh, my, uh, like, a little bit, like a little bit of a longer note uh, on Ain't No Love in the Heart of the City by Bobby Blue Bland uh, from 1974. Criminally underrated blues and soul uh, song by a man with 23 albums spanning 43 years. Uh, blues and like he's described as the Lion of Blues or Sinatra of Blues. Some say he's only second to BB King in the entire genre. I only know like a few of his other songs, so I'm I'm diving into him right now. And while I relive or while I go through this playlist, I found this song again, and I'm like, oh fuck, this song is good. Um, dropped out of school by the age by third grade to work in the cotton fields. He was born in 1937, I believe. So, long time ago, uh, when that was acceptable. Uh, but he has the right to be a blues artist if that was his struggle. Um, this is a cult classic song. Uh, ostensibly, <laughs> tell I took that word from somewhere else. It is a uh, love song. But... Mean? Fuck, fucker. Gonna ask that. I have to look it up. Well, I could apparently tell you, like, didn't know. <laughs> so I was like, no, I have a problem saying s word. So I had to like stop for a second. Apparently or purport purportedly, 
but perhaps not actually. So, like, some think it's a love song, but actually, fans and critics think of it, and I think of it. So, it's like, this is what, like, certain people say. But interpretations by fans and critics and I all think it's an anthem of urban on urban inner city poverty and hopelessness. And it's even more reflective because it's featured in a documentary where they're like showing a montage of, I think Detroit, if I remember the documentary I saw this in and it's like, just like run down fucking city. Ain't no love in the heart of the city. Uh, technically he goes into the fact that it's like a girl left him, but when you put imagery with this song, it's like, it just shows like, Jesus Christ, like we need more, love and like attention to this part of the city uh i just i fucking love this song i don't know why it just sticks with me um pops into my head every once in a while and yeah it just it has a feeling about it that i just can't get over so every time it's on it's just like damn bro Siegel, you have like a random a random blue song out of nowhere every now and then and i like those songs oh 1960s and 70s soul and blues is like peak in my book yeah I, it's weird because i always forget you like that yeah it, it doesn't fit my style but i i can't wait to see uh i think it's just called aretha but it's about aretha franklin and her life and jennifer hudson plays her it's gonna be fucking good aretha franklin uh, if you yeah. don't know aretha franklin go listen to all of her there's a 1968 album go listen to that one it's just her face on the cover i don't remember the name of it that's their best album though She's in a green dress. I remember that much. Anyway, continue, Mike. I'm sorry. Um, Yeah, you want me to go on my last song of this week? Yes, go ahead. 24-hour drive-through, which I guess kind of very similar notes to title track. Um, So I have, like, notes upon notes on my phone of just... I have, like, little random thoughts, just diary-type thing where I just recount like specifics of memories that make me really happy in hindsight um like when i was a kid and stuff and whether it's high school or younger and middle school um and i bet like a lot of them are constructed similarly to like the details of the song and how the, the song is like constructed um this song's about just like going to mcdonald's with a bunch of people on a rainy day um a bunch of people or just one like love interest person it's really fun. It sings like the details of it. I like the inclusion of that. We'll take we'll take Kenilworth Avenue to one ninety three and uh, fill up both of our water cups with Dr Pepper and act like we paid. Like the little tidbits like that really make that song to me. It's very makes it very intimate and real. Um, yeah, they're just they're the best. I love Origami Angel. We should try again to get them on harder. I mean, they're welcome. <laughs> Well, I don't know what else was to it do. Was implied that they're not welcome on? No, 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 I meant like, yeah, I mean, we talk about them a lot, so, or you talk about them a lot, and I reiterate that Somewhere City, great album. Uh, I have to re-listen to Gummy Gang, but yeah. I I remember those nights, just going to a fucking drive-thru, once you're like 16 or 17 when you get your license. You're like, yo, boys, let's go, it's 10 o'clock, <laughs> let's go to McDonald's. Yeah. All you need to do is call me. I have the same sort of list uh, of memories with my father. We have a list going, and we share it. So, like, he'll put put something on the list and be like, remember this? And I'm like, holy shit, yeah, I do remember that. If you were to write uh, a song like this, what would it be like? Like a nostalgia song? Like, That's yeah, really like- ironic, because I was writing a song, and I was going to share it with you at some point. That's... I'm not gonna. I think one of the moments would be playing Lego Star Wars. It's in the song that are in the chorus part, but playing that's always Lego a memory that I think me and you always think about all night. Lego Star Wars is such <laughs> an origami angel uh, lyric. Exactly, and it's <laughs> our childhood <laughs> playing Lego Star Wars all night at a sleepover. You remember the sleepover when I was like, "I'm gonna stay up all night," and then they were like carrying me <laughs> into my house the next day. <laughs> yeah, we, we were shaking you and you wouldn't wake up that was like, the most tired dead? I've ever been that was literally the most tired I've ever been in my life oh, it was so fucking it was funny but I was also like very concerned because we thought we killed you because you just wouldn't wake up um, we were like shaking you Mike 
You're just a dead asleep in a chair. Fun uh, fact. Young kids need sleep. Did you know? Uh, yeah, I miss those times. Um, uh, my final song on this list is uh, Banging in the Nails, the live edition by Citizen Zero. I, this is more of a plea, if anything. I want this band so bad to come back. Uh, they don't make music anymore since 2017 or 2016. It was their only album. I didn't look up what the fucking name of the album was. Fuck. Give me a second. Sorry. Uh, State of Mind in 2016 by Citizen Zero. If you like hard rock music, just go listen to that album. It's a non... Uh, what do they say? Non-skip album? No, skip. no skips. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen, that. I've seen that term float around on music stuff. There are no skips in that album. <laughs> Sorry. What? No, nothing... <laughs> You know, oh, okay. <laughs> fucking in the Suicide Squad trailer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I found this so funny. The shark is like hand. I just look <laughs> at my 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 family group chat, and my dad just in capital letters wrote hand. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Why? Good for him. <laughs> um, I gotta see that movie. Um, I mean, it was like good. Yeah. It was closer no, to I, Guardians I, I... of the Galaxy than. The previous well, of course. Squad. James Gunn directed it. Uh, yeah. If it wasn't like that, I love how like the previous shot. Suicide Squad movie they tried really hard to be James Gunn, but did terribly. And then this one, they were just like, you know what? Fuck it. We got it. Let's get him. Let's just give him money to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. We tried. They didn't give. Okay? They didn't give him a huge budget either. I think for this film, so it was surprising how well all the shit he did with the money. I think. Don't quote me on that. Um. But yeah, this version of the song, Banging in the Nail, sorry, just kind of pull it back in. Uh, this live version is so much like more grandiose than the version on the album because it's orchestral and backing and get the guitar riff that sounds so much like a spy thriller, James Bond-esque uh, leading into the chorus. Like just the riff, it just sounds like a spy thriller thing. And my favorite lyrics, are you hanging on the cross or banging in the nails? Like the duality in that statement, just like are you are you the one sacrificing yourself or are you the one on the other side just being like take this fucker down? Uh in this case the fucker was Jesus. Um or other people they crucified in those times. Are you are you the authoritarian or the sacrificial lamb, basically? And I think it speaks a lot. And interpret it any way you want, but I just love that the duality in those simple lyrics. Um that's all I have to say. Please, Citizen Zero. Please come back. You're such a good band. I hate that I found you after you broke up. It pisses me off so much because now I have nothing. Yeah, and they're from Detroit. Cries in Tally Hall. What? I just, I, Tally Hall is one of my favorite bands and I've never known them. They were always uh, not active when I discovered them. Yeah, that's the worst. I discovered this band like a year after this album came out, and they've just never made anything since. Well, think about Tally Hall is they're on a quote-unquote hiatus, and they have been for yeah, like this, nine years. Yeah. Or close, probably like ten years. That's like One Direction saying they, they're taking a break. It's like they're never getting back together. I mean, they're probably not technically broken up. They just want to leave it open to... Um, yeah. One day come back. Yeah. Do a reunion show. Get a lot of money. So, yeah, let's just jump into our top five. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, our top fives. Yeah. Yeah. Um, want me to go? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, five, Stumbling In. Four, The Greatest. Three, Title Track. Two, Sons and Daughters. And one, 24-Hour drive through. Okay, well, Falco got his way. Uh, oh, he's good. It's gonna win. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell him about it. Uh, five is I don't want to do drugs. Or I want to do drugs with you by the Sun Machine. Four, the greatest by Kenny Rogers. Three, Sons and Daughters by the Decemberists. Two, Ain't No Love in the Heart of the City by Bobby Blue Brown. And one, Banging in the Nails Live Edition by Citizen Zero. So the winner is Sons and Daughters. Hell yeah! I think that. Um is best i think i feel like that's collectively our most favorite song it's a good song i had uh, re-listening to it it was 
it's very interesting. It's like a post-apocalyptic tune about a uh, human migration and stuff. It's deep. Uh, if you want to look into it, it's a fascinating little like song. Uh, I don't think it's groundbreaking, but it's good. <laughs> Obviously, it won this week. So yeah. Just before we get into next week, though, big shout out to Bug Hunter, obviously for the immense talent that he brings to every song he does, but also because he gave us a shout out on his Instagram story for the week we included him, week 29. And we'd love to have you on the podcast if you're listening, Bug. So you're welcome. Oh. Reach out to us on Instagram. Um, also, just between this week, so I'm just going to say something. Uh Spotify screwed up. It didn't post the last two weeks publicly. Maybe the last four weeks publicly. If you want to always stay up to date, you can follow Jeremy Siegel. It's my full name. Or you can click on the little like creator of the list in the Spotify playlist and just follow that account. And that'll be always where the playlist is. So if any reason you don't see it or you can't find a link to it, just go to Spotify and go to followers or search my name, Jeremy Siegel, or just search JM Radio and all the playlists should show up and the week title that you're looking for. Sorry, just wanted to make a little PA announcement. Um, but yes, let's get into our next week. Uh, I have very limited notes. I have one long note, bunch of shoutouts. So, but week 30, I think is my best title and very accurate in this week of Variety Galore. Because this week was just fucking random with the like genre wise and song type. It was just all over the fucking place. It had blues, it had techno, it had soft rock, it had 1960s rock. It was just all over the place. So I gave up trying to give it like a song title. I just like threw shit at a wall and been like, that's what stuck. Variety galore. Anyway, uh, let me start with my shout outs. Uh, First is The Safety Dance by Men Without Hats. Uh, this is a very meme-esque song. Obviously way before memes were a thing in the 1980s, but it's like painfully 1980s new wave music. And the songwriter, it was written because the songwriter was thrown out of a club for pogo dancing. Mike, do you know what pogo dancing is? No, but I also like this song, and it was from Scrubs. Oh, I didn't know it was from Scrubs. I mean, like, it's not in Scrubs, so to speak, but um, Turk, like, sings it at one point. Oh, wow, I don't remember that. Um, yeah. How do you remember that? That's like a classic scene. I don't know. My brain just doesn't remember it. But Pogo dancing, maybe he does it in the scene, is jumping up and down in a singular spot. And just and they it got, like, banned in the UK, or banned by a lot of clubs nightclubs in the uk because it was endangering disco dancers on the dance floor because like people were just like jumping up and down while people were trying to do like classic disco moves all across the dance floor so people were getting kicked out this was a protest song against clubs prohibiting those pogo dancers from doing the dance my next shout out is a uh, first day of my life by bright eyes oh uh, wait how did i manage to not talk about this uh i don't know but as mike has sort of pointed out it's his song and this is one of my favorite mike songs of the whole year other than alexi murdoch uh, all of my days yeah, uh, i remember you loving this song and it's really good it is really good it's like it's a little melody that captures like a realization or an epiphany moment that shows a new way to look at the world and it's such a great soundtrack song um the opening three lines this is the first day of my life i swear i was born right in the doorway two lines technically um just those like it just like perfectly sums up the whole point of the song and you can interpret it as like a love interest and like how she's opened the eyes or just like the wonderment of like getting out of a dark place and this is like a new start um it's the perfect movie soundtrack song and i looked up what it's been in and it really hasn't been used correctly i think yet it's, it's been in. A, it's in so many movies. I know I've heard this song like all the fucking time. It, it's only been in the Bubble, Elvis and Annabelle. Those are the only two movies. And in TV, it's been in Chuck, 
Atypical, which is a Netflix show, and Ray Donovan. I've never seen Ray Donovan, but it's supposed to be good. And it's been in a Zillow and a Citibank ad in the last, this year for Citibank, Zillow a few years ago. That's all I could find that it was actually in. So I'm shocked. I think it should be in every movie. No, not every movie, but I'd be fine if this showed up in a lot more movies because I think it's just one of those perfect soundtrack songs and they don't come around very often. And it's new age. It's not like a James Gunn thing where it's like from the 80s and no one remembers it or it's like a throwback. This is like pretty modern. I think it's like early 2000s. So could be really good for a 2000s set piece movie. Um, I like only have shout outs, but there's one I really want to talk about. Well, I got one more shout out and then I have one long piece. Okay. So my last shout out is I'll Never Do You Wrong by Joe Tex. Apparently that's his name. Classic blues soul song from 1960s. You gotta have some blues and soul randomly thrown in. I just love the lyrics um, because a problem with, not a problem, but a thing about blues songs is that they have very similar riffs and guitars that you play under. And then what really makes a song like this stand out is like the lyrics and their creativity. I think that's why we both fall in love with songwriters more, like the Mountain Goats and all your punk pens that you've showed me this year. The lyrics, I think, are what make a song stand out. And this song is just like very creative. If I ever if I if I say something that'll make you mad, baby, I hope I slip and break my hip. I hope a fever blist blister come on my lip. You know I love my hip and I love my lip, so you you know I'll never do you wrong. He just like is self-inflicting like if i ever fuck up i hope i drown it's just like it i love that blues sentiment it's just very classic it'll never get old for me so but i love the creativity in these this guy's lyrics um those are all my shout outs though nice um i wanted to talk about cecily smith because i was like stalling uh recommending that and then you did and i really like it um kind of lingered through my rotation a while it's from a musical apparently it's a cover that somebody did from a musical um tells a nice little story the one i really want to talk about is pepper by the butthole surfers okay that's the name of the band i wasn't expecting you to talk about the butthole surfers oh no dude the song is amazing i don't even remember liking it the song is so cool jeez okay yeah do you okay. not have anything about it? I have nothing about it, so if you want to talk about it, go ahead. I mean, I don't really have anything besides I thought it was super cool. I thought the vocals were amazing, and the progressions it, were really cool. It's a very certain styles in the 90s, early 2000s. You'll love the band Cake, if you like this song. Uh, Distance, I think it's called by Cake, or anything yeah. by Cake, is very much reminiscent of this style of singing, where it's like, not singing, it's kind of like spoken... This is, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like, it's kind of talky. Yes. So it's a style. If you don't like that style, you're not going to like this song. But I, yeah, I'm shocked that that song out of all of them were like, was the one that piqued your interest. Um, Re-listening to it is very good. So I'm not shocked, but it's just surprising. Miss Melody has a very piano piano and high school auditorium vibe, which is like my favorite vibe. Um, Andrew's voice, the guy who sings it, is from Tally Hall. Andrew from Tally Hall. It's kind of hit or miss, but it's mainly hit. Um, times at this song, it feels missed, and times at like other of his individual songs, it feels missed. But mainly, I'm a fan. Um, there's a Smash Mouth song in this playlist. It's fine. I just like it the, how it's like a resistance, uh, like fight song, which is funny. Yeah, walking on the sun. Yeah. Um, I have safety dance. That I thought it was more funkadelic than I remember, and I mentioned it was from Scrubs. Um, Philosophy by Ben Folds 5 sounds like what every 80s high school movie feels like. Um, I really, I love modern, current of it, coming-of-age movies, and I hate, like, the old vibe to me. That's funny to me. Um, but yeah, that's my notes. And then my number one song is not even on the in my notes. Well, what's your number one song? Outro by M83. M83. Okay, that's why, though. That makes sense. I mean... Eh. Yeah. TikTok ruined that song for me. Um, it's in a bunch of TikToks. Uh, but it's on my list, too. So, I mean, like, it's one of those songs that 
it's just good, but like Mike kind of said, it's not really anything to say about it. Um, yeah, no, all those songs are great. Uh, also, shout out to Omni Boy that made Venom Aid on this list. Right. Also, Venom Aid's awesome. The concept of it, just like Lemonade, you make Venom Aid. It's a very interesting concept. Uh, not my style of music, but I love the metaphor, not the metaphor, but the lyrical choice and the creativity there. Uh, um, shout out to him because he posted us on his stories. So I like Omni Boy's voice a lot, and I think it's like really nice writing. This is a great type of kind of, it's a great um, genre. All this genre. Spotify stuff. Um, the one song that I have to talk about because it defined my childhood, it felt like, and it's on this list, is A Wider Shade of Pale by Procol Harum. From 1967. First off, this song is 57th on the Rolling Stone Greatest Songs of All Time. I think it's the highest on this playlist on all of Jam Radio. I think it will be. Pink Floyd doesn't beat it. I don't think anything else will. Um, but this song from a prog rock group that came to fame because of this in the 1960s is one of my dad's favorite songs. And it came out when he was 17. So... It like it defined his life, and then it slowly took over mine because he'd play it a lot. And he'd play "This Is Where My Love for the the organ in songs that I've been like kind of saying throughout this whole playlist. It's like, I need more organs. Let's go to this fucking song. He ruined me <laughs> um, because this is the famous Hammond organ song that even Chappie knew because it's famous for being that organ song. Um, uh, but yeah, it's. I don't know. Like, when you live with something for so long, because I've lived with this since I was like a child, a very young child, who used to play this for me. It's now become like a comfort song. It's the song I play last whenever I'm just like jamming out on my guitar. I always end with this song. It's not a very hard concept because it's actually taken from a Bach piece. Uh, uh, it literally rips off from a Bach piece. That was the style in the 1960s prog rock was to take classical music and reinterpret it into rock and roll. And it was a longer sounding song um, for the time. Uh, but it was heavily inspired by gospel music with the organ sounds. Uh, that's where another staple of prog rock. I, this is where my messed up sense of music taste comes from. <laughs> because I'm, I'm torn between two worlds, between my dad's music, which I grew up on, and, like, Green Day. So if I can ever find a balance between those two, it's, like, my favorite song ever. Eagle, I, I've mentioned this most times, but I just think of you when I hear Green Day. No, yeah, every time I say Green Day, I think you say that. <laughs> which I love. And I think of now as your response if I think of Green Day. Um, but uh, Keith Reed, the writer of this song, says it best about the lyrics when he says, it's a sort of film really trying to conjure up a mood and tell a story. Uh, I think this is also where my love for story songs come in. Like, again, like a bug hunter type, where you can just, like, paint a picture in my head through your lyrics and the mood of the way the story flows through the music and the lyrics and this perfect combination. I think this is the perfect combination of song. If you can't tell, this is my number one song. Um, it's also, like we've talked about a lot in this episode, nostalgic now, going to like comfort level music, where it's just like, if I'm ever in a bad mood, this is one of my top songs. Uh, I've also met this the band and these guys who are all like in their 70s, because my dad became friends with the band. They're all awesome guys. Uh, Gary Brooker, who's the lead singer, great guy. But it's interesting. Dude, you love to... old people. You just love old people. Oh, I fucking love old people. They're so much more fascinating than our age people, I think. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the characters in the song and the atmosphere in the room that these two characters drunkenly interacting told in, a, the, in this emotional way by the lead singer Gary Brooker, uh, whose voice only sounds more appropriate as he ages. When you listen to this song, I think you picture like a 70-year-old singing it. He was 22 when he sang this song, but he has like such a sultry old man voice, like a Stephen Merritt uh not in the low category but 
just the style of singing is timeless. And God, I love this song. There's a thousand known covers of this song because it's so famous. Um, really? Yeah, I think this generation doesn't know about it, and I'm so proud to be the person who's like, listen to this song. You don't have to love this band, you don't have to love this song, but appreciate it as its own piece of art. And Oh, it, yeah, jeez. I just, I just saw how many views it has on Spotify. Yeah, it's, it's one of the top songs of the 1960s, and I, I feel like, especially in our generation, it's just lost. No one knows about it. So I'm so proud to be able to be like, listen to A Whiter Shade of Pale by Procol Harum. This version, the original version, not that re-record, although it's just as good. Gary Brooker sounds a little bit older in the newer version. Um, but just as good. See them live, support the band. I don't know if they're ever coming back to the US because they're a UK band because of COVID and Gary Brooker's like 80. But listen to the song. Just really appreciate all the lyrics and little minute details. It's, it's one of my favorite songs of all time. And that's that's it. I don't even have to talk about a song again. I'm good. I'm tapped out. You're good. This has been Jam Radio, everybody. Podcast <laughs> over. No, but uh, we could do our top fives, even though we've kind of spoiled it for each other. Um, okay, well, five, Cecily Smith, four, Philosophy, three, Miss Melody, two, Pepper, one, Outro. Do we have any shared songs? Outro may win. Oh, no, Cecily Smith won. Sorry. Because four... Uh, Cecily Smith and outro tied because four five is outro four is Cecily Smith three is I'll never do you wrong two is first day of my life and one is a whiter shade of pale by Procol Harum so outro and Cecily sure you didn't put bright eyes no damn I think there might have been a lapse on my part Cecily uh, Smith that song is uh in that version, a song by Will Conley, Connolly, uh, and it's from a mus- uh, off-Broadway musical by Fly By Night. Um, oh, really? I mean, it's it's on the album. Oh, I just cover. I never looked through like what. It says off-Broadway, I think, on the album cover. So I don't know the musical. I'm sure it's a great musical, but I don't know it. Um, it's also a Rush album, so it's very confusing to find it. Uh, it might be based on the Rush musical. I don't know. Oh, Will Connolly wrote the stage play. So there you go. He also sings this version. I did not know that. Off Broadway from 2014. Uh, yeah, whatever. Anyway, this has been JM Radio. Uh, like, subscribe, share. Oh, fuck. Do we want? I mean, this episode kind of ran long. Um, no baseball. We can do a I baseball. Just wa- I just wanted to to include one tidbit. No, oh, go ahead. No, I, I. We talked about the trade deadline last week. The trade deadline happened. It was pretty crazy. I just want to talk about how I messaged you that the Trey Turner and Max Scherzer to the Dodgers trade was happening, and you were like, "If this happens, I will quit my baseball fandom." Well, yeah. <laughs> so let's, have... let's, let's let's quote me exactly. <laughs> uh, that was. Let's see. Uh, fuck. How how long ago was that? Is that before the Bucks won or after the Bucks won? Did the Bucks win? By the way, I'm a Milwaukee Bucks fan. I don't know when that happened, but I'm so fucking happy to the champs. Um, I would absolutely fucking hate this world. LOL is what I said. Oh, okay. I mean, well, you said you, it more. You said it more eloquently. Well, I, at least you're not. Uh, you're, I you're hate not it. it. You hate the world more. Okay, if you're if you're a baseball fan, and if you're not, you can tune out for a second, but. Why I hate this is I'm a Diamondbacks fan. Diamondbacks suck ass, uh, and it sucks. I'm also a Detroit Tigers fan because my dad raised me a Detroit Tigers fan. But I'm a Diamondbacks fan first, and they're the worst team in baseball. Because I'm a Detroit Tigers fan, Max Scherzer was a Detroit Tiger. So I fell in love with him as a Detroit Tiger. I was happy to see him win a ring when he went to the Nationals. I fucking hate the Dodgers. Like... With every burning passion in me, like so on one every, hand, the Dodgers are like they're, they're what the everybody. They're the, actually the Yankees. They're what everybody thinks the Yankees are. The Yankees aren't like like that really anymore. Yeah, they're the, the other new hand, age they're like, Yankees. They're like how I want the fucking Mets to be run. Sure, but it, because they it, just they just have like all the they have 
major good major leaguers everywhere. They can they replace everybody with like quality players. They have insane amounts of depth. And you know, the I Mets mean, owner has the money to do that. So it perfectly point. It's sadly like this is the quote my head always goes to, and I know a lot of people probably go to this quote and it's been memed to hell, but it's like you live you you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become a villain. The Dark Knight Two Face says that. And that's that's what happened. He he became the villain, Max Scherzer. I now have to hate Max Scherzer because he didn't just retire the team that had no capital with my like interest. Now he's on my most hated team and doing good. Um but hurts. It hurts bad, man. Uh and the Mets got another shortstop. Because, you know, logic. Um got another shortstop. Um, they lost first place. They're in a rain delay. Everybody's getting hurt. The so... fuck? The Phillies are in first. I just saw that recently. When the fuck did they get good? <laughs> they're not good. They're just they Lucky? had a good week, and they're better than everybody. Every team in the division is bad. I I knew that kind of well, not the Mets. I didn't expect the Mets to be bad, but like I mean, the Mets knew... have kind of been hanging on a thread the whole year. Like the the Braves, I knew kind of are just like who fucking knows with them. Um, I mean, they're having they kind of. Bet on a few good seasons from pitchers who aren't really as good. Um, their best player tore their ACL. That their was second sad. best hitter. Uh, beat their girlfriend. It's not funny. It's just like baseball talk. It seems to happen um, a lot in baseball. You know, Trevor yeah. Bauer, Marcelo Zuna, uh, Stalin Castro, Starlin Castro. I mean, Miguel Cabrera. We could be as bad as the. The uh, fucking NFL. I don't know. It's baseball is pretty bad, but no one really talks about it as much in baseball for some reason. Thank you for listening, everybody. Like, share, subscribe, tweet, Instagram. Follow us on Instagram at JM Radio Pod. Don't forget the pod. Ow. Um. Do I forget anything? Oh, uh, rate us five stars on iTunes. And uh, yeah. Is there anything else? I don't think so. It. He said okay. it. We said it. Oh, sorry. What are you saying? Are I was just doing the outro without you, and I was gonna wait till he said, "Okay, Mike, shall we do the out like the three, two, one?" I just oh, did okay. all like the like, share, subscribe shit. Right. Yeah. Well, you don't have to be there for that. Uh, I can three. redo it. Oh, uh, it's fine. Okay. Single. Shut up. Do the outro. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were gonna do three, two, one. Three, two, one. You got, got some, some listening, listening to do. To do. My end, it was great. Never is on editing, though. Bye. Bye.